Welcome to the Porcher on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red-letter basics. We examine the Word of God and focus on the Book of Acts Church, and in doing so, we see how the early church served the Lord. We take their example, we dig deeper into Scripture, and I believe that we find the church the Lord intended and not the one that man created. The porch has always been about restoring the priesthood of the believer and regaining the world-shaking influence that the early church had. We believe the church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire of the upper room still burns. If you have any questions, go to firefalltalkradio.com. Use the contact button or... You can write us directly at the porch, lowercase one word, at firefalltalkradio.com. If you'd like to support what we do, firefalltalkradio.com has ways to do that. Go to the bottom of the homepage. Pray and give as the Lord leads. If you are somebody who supports us and encourages us, we appreciate you and uh, thank you for helping us stay on the air and doing what we believe we're called to do. So welcome to all of our listeners from the various streaming platforms. Quick little announcement. The newsletter went out this week. If you are not on the list and you'd like to be on the list, you write us at one of the places I mentioned, and we'll have it sent to you, and we'll add your email address to the list. If you are and you haven't gotten it, well, check your spam folder and see if maybe it's in there. Wondering, because a lot go out, and about a third get opened. And I'm sure a lot of those people either have moved on or maybe the email addresses don't work. But it could be the delivery format and one we've been using for a while. If you do get the email and you look at it and you think a new format is needed, maybe direct email as opposed to clicking a link to a newsletter, just write us and let us know. Give us some input. Finally, a new show was posted this week on Firefall Talk Radio, called Reflections in the Dark Rewind. If you remember, Reflections in the Dark used to be on every Sunday night. Joe Citrone and I would talk about the supernatural, the paranormal, prophecy, current events. It began in May of 2010 and was probably one of the first shows to do so, but we were one of the only ones to tie it directly to Scripture and even confront some of the guests in regards to that. So um, some of you have already told us you want more of that, and there will be more coming soon. So let's get to it. We're still talking about behave like a believer. We're in part two, and we're going to talk about praying. Father, we come to you now in the name of Yeshua, the name above all names. We thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for our families, our salvation, for protecting us for the day of Pentecost and fulfilling Joel 2.28. We thank you for divine health and healing and all the things that we know come from your divine abiding favor. We thank you for the love of Yeshua, your Son, And we thank you that you loved us so much that he shed his blood for us. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the cross. We don't ever want to take that for granted. Without that, we're we're lost, we're dead, and we're dying, and eternally separated from our Heavenly Father. So thank you, Lord. But more than that, thank you for rising from the dead. You are alive. You're a risen Savior. You sit at the right hand of the Father in fullness and in power. And we get to sit with you in the heavenly places. So thank you. Thank you for walking with us and being with us and sending your Holy Spirit to us to guide us and to teach us. Lord, we pray. We pray for uh, Israel and Jerusalem. We pray for America. We pray for the lost the dead in spirit, the dead in heart, those that are bound and afflicted. 
We pray for the fatherless and the widows, the persecuted and the martyred, the poor in spirit, the bound, the oppressed, and those that are victims of injustice. Lord, we long for the day that you come back and bring justice with you. But until then, show us how to pray. Show us what to do. Show us how to stand. We pray, Lord, that you would protect the innocents, both in and out of the womb, both human and animal. Protect our brothers and sisters around the world. Watch over them. We stand with them, Lord. We pray for them. Lord, we pray right now, and I pray for my brothers and sisters, for divine health and healing, that we can get back to our divine design to serve you in fullness without any hindrance, without anything to stop us. We know that the enemy can't stop us. They can aggravate us. They can frustrate us. but They can't stop us. So thank you for protection and inspiration. We pray, Lord, for the blessings to flow, for us to do everything that you've called us to do. So we take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Messiah. We claim the mind of Messiah. We cast down every vain imagination that would exalt itself over the knowledge of Elion, God Most High, our Abba Father. Bless the technology. Bless this time. Let this word go forth. Let it do what you desire it to do. And we touch and we agree in Yeshua's name. Amen. These lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So as I said, we're still talking about behaving like a believer. And as I have dwelled or meditated upon this word and this teaching, It's even awakened me in the night. This is one of the few times if you've been with me for a while that I state right up front, this is going to be a series. And without being uh, arrogant or self-promotion, being of self-promotion, I believe that this is important. So many people do not even grasp the basics of being a believer in Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, King of kings and Lord of lords, yet they want eschatology, they want prophecy, they want spiritual warfare, they want all the the fascinating and cutting-edge things when they can't even do the basics. So we are once again getting back to basics. So you need your Bibles ready to go. I haven't done that in a while, but it was oppressed upon me today by the Lord to do so. Get your Bibles ready to go. Whether it's physical, whether it's digital, whatever it is, be prepared to receive. Next, you need to download and listen and study these teachings. Somebody wrote me last week, um, Allison in Scotland. Scotland! Um, Sorry, I just had to do that. That it was a lot to grasp, and she was going to go half, go back and do it again. And I am a lot like my mentor, spiritual father and teacher, um, Pastor Robert A. Shelley. He would have people come to him and say, "Can you can you tone it down a little? Can you give a little less? Can we get out of here on time to get to, you know, the uh, buffet?" And I would get offended for him. He never would, at least not outwardly. But no, no, he's not and I'm not. I'm not going to tone it down. I'm going to give you everything I think you need each time, and then it's up to you to eat and feast upon as much of this word as you want to. 
the, the thing about studying the Word and the thing about being a believer and the thing about walking this walk in 2022 is it needs passion. I'm, I may not speak perfectly or I may get a little carried away or I may get silly, but there's one thing that you will never question from me is the fire and the passion that I have for the Word, for the Lord, for my Abba Father, for the kingdom, for you. See, passion inspires preparation. That's what studying, that's what all these things and praying does. And then that gives you purpose. I think part of the problem with many believers, they don't have passion. They have very little preparation. And they don't understand their purpose. Hopefully, if you're one of those people, you will regain that over this over tonight and, and the next couple of weeks. I don't know where this is going, but in my spirit right now, something just jumped inside of me, and it isn't dinner because I didn't have any, um, that this is important, not just because of intellectual knowledge, but I'm going to tell you something the Lord has told me, and this is where Reflections in the Dark was very meaningful is that I could speak prophecy, I could share what the Lord was telling me. Not too long ago, within the last week, something happened, and the Lord said to me, the dominoes are falling quicker. And I've talked about this, and when dominoes fall, they start out slowly. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and it becomes a blur, and it gets to the end, and it's done. We're in a period where they're falling quickly. Everything going on in the world, everything happening supernaturally, everything we're seeing in every part of life right now is indicating to us that the enemy is preparing for an end game. Folks, where's our end game? Where is our preparation for the end? This gospel of the kingdom will be preached to, in all the world, and then the end will come. So that's what we're doing. We're going to prepare and be a part of that. Behaving like a believer in the King of kings and Lord of lords, that's what, that's what we're talking about. As I've said, it's not what you know intellectually, but who you know and what you know about him. Everything flows from a relationship with him, a close, personal relationship with the Lord. Not religion, not a distant, he's there, you're here. But where you are in love with him. See, the foundation of that relationship, the foundation of being a believer, is love for him, love from him, and having his love for others. Love and compassion. If you don't have those, we have a problem. If you don't care about other people, both in the body and in the world, to get them saved, we have a problem. If you're more, more caught up in the cold, non-emotional, non-committal things, we have a problem. The key ingredient to a life of a believer, to life, the life of someone the Lord can use, is love and compassion. All ministry needs love and compassion. All evangelism needs love and compassion. All spiritual warfare requires love and compassion. Without it, you will falter and you will fail because you have no purpose. You say, well, I, I've got my commitment to the Lord, and I'm, that's my foundation. I can tell you this. Without love, passionate, committed love, the enemy is going to trip you up. So let's go to Romans 12, verses 9 through 13. That's what I've been building these teachings upon. This is the New King James Version. And just let me clarify, some of you are new. You may hear me use the New King James Version. You may hear me, hear me use the New Living Translation, the NLT. 
and you'll hear me use the amplified, the AMP. I use all three to get the point across, to get you to understand what's being said. That's what I do. I use both Yeshua and Jesus because I know my listeners use those two. For me, I prefer Yeshua, Yeshua HaMashiach, the Messiah. But for you, it may be Jesus Christ. Whatever it is, however you met him, you do as the Lord leads. But I'm just going to include everybody in these teachings. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. Continuing steadfastly in prayer distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. Romans 12, 9 through 13 is our behavior towards the church. We are the church, not the building you sit in, not the place you go to. We are the church. Now, verses 14 through 21 is our behavior towards those outside the church, and that's for another time. This teaching is based on Romans 12, 9 through 13. In these scriptures are the key elements to behaving like a believer. If judgment begins at the house of the Lord, not if, because we know that it does. If judgment begins at the house of the Lord, then proper behavior begins in the house of the Lord. We must learn to walk properly. We must learn to walk correctly. Bible says circumspectly. We can be inspected and not fail the inspection. We live in out an inside-out life even as a corporate body. If we can do this, not if, when we do this. Whew, I feel that one. When we do this, we become a unified army of believers that the kingdom of darkness cannot shake, cannot defeat, and cannot discourage. Now, I am going to take some of the aspects of Romans 12, 9 through 13 out of order to take you to what I believe is the next aspect. <laughs> I'm sorry. Woo. This feels good. I love doing this. I love talking the Word. I love speaking to you about Him and about the Word because I get stirred up. The Spirit gets excited too. It's hard for me to explain that to you if you don't understand that. But He gets excited too, and it just fills me. It just makes me glow. Oh, I love it. This next aspect is vital to come along with love, not after, but along with. And it's about prayer. That part of the Romans 12, where it says, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Be constant in prayer. And he lays it out in such a way that three things go together. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, it's kind of a one, two, three. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. That's Philippians 4, 4. When you rejoice in hope, you let your hope be a joy to you. See, without even knowing that I was going here, the weeks before when we spoke about hope, the Holy Spirit was building towards something. Some of you struggle with studying the Word. You read devotions, but you really don't read the Word. You don't get into it. You don't, you don't savor the meal. You know who savors meals? Cooks, chefs, people that like food, like to make food, and like to make food for others. 
But rejoicing in hope allows you to be able to be patient in suffering and tribulation. Psalm 34, 1 is a psalm of David when he pretended to be insane before Abimelech, which allowed him to be to get away. What does he say in verse 1 of Psalm 34? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. David was going through a tough time. He was going through a trial. He was suffering. He was going through a tribulation. But he could honestly say, I will bless the Lord at all times. What's going on right now in your life? Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, all my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. When I pray for some of you that are going through some really, really tough stuff, I bless you. I bless you in the name of the Lord. And then I begin to pray as the Lord leads. So I say to you right now, in your suffering, in your trial, in your tribulation, in anything and everything you're going through, I bless you in the name of the Lord. Being patient in tribulation means we show patience in all troubles. doesn't matter what's going on. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in every circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Messiah, Yeshua. Give thanks, no matter what it is. Give thanks. I've told the story before. It's an old illustration, but it resonates. This farmer had two sons, and he takes the first son to the barn, and this kid wanted a pony. His brother wants a pony. They go to the barn, and the first son, all he sees is manure, and he, oh, that stinks. I don't want this, and runs away. Second son shows up sees all that manure, and says, there's got to be a pony in there somewhere, and goes into that barn. Just a matter of perspective. Give thanks in every circumstance. Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus the Messiah. Giving thanks always. In every bad situation, there is a revelation. In every bad situation, there is inspiration. I sound one of those TV preachers. Next thing you know, I'm going to give you the affectation. No, it just, <laughs> we have got to change our perspective. We've got to become so immune to what the enemy does to us that they get frustrated and they pull out their hair or their scales or their feathers or whatever it might be and give up. And then we need to be instant in prayer. We live fervently in prayer to God our Father. The porch is based upon the book of Acts Church. It's based upon the upper room. That was the inspiration that led to first the creation of Solomon's Porch in Tallahassee, Florida, and that was the Jerusalem Fellowship. Then to Solomon's Porch once we got here to Orlando. The upper room was a model of fervent prayer. It's right there in Acts 1, verse 14. All these things with one mind, all these, meaning everybody in the room, with one mind and one purpose, were continually devoting themselves to prayer, waiting together, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Yeshua, and his brothers. So the 120 in the upper room were of one mind and one purpose, and they were praying. And we know what happened. Ephesians 6.18, pray in the Spirit at all times with every kind of prayer and petition. To this end, 
Stay alert with all perseverance in your prayers for all the saints. Just because you don't know somebody's name doesn't mean you can't pray for them. The Spirit will put people upon your mind. He, If you are available, he will wake you up in the night. And you'll begin to pray for somebody. You won't know who they are. You may have a sense of who they are. But it's not necessary. He'll put it upon your spirit. Pray. Pray for this person. This is how I need you to pray. If you will make yourself available. By rejoicing in confident hope, we can be patient in trouble. Why? Because we're focused upon the hope, not the trouble. And continually praying is essential if we desire to have the hope and patient attitude towards the difficulties in life. It's not natural to be hopeful when things are bad. It's not natural to be patient when things are going crazy, haywire around you. This is what Abraham Lincoln said. I have been driven many times to my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. My own wisdom and all and that of all about me seemed insufficient for the day. Pray. Pray without ceasing. In all things, pray. Remember, we talked about this, Romans 8, starting verse 24. We were saved in this hope, but hope that is not seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, let me stop, let me rewind. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly await for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Ruach, the Spirit, also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Remember, those groanings are coming out of you. Now he who searches the hearts and knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. What I'm talking about is not natural. It is supernatural. We were supposed to be naturally supernatural. And because of the fall, because of everything going on, and the interference of the enemy, it's become difficult for many. I desire to live a naturally supernatural life. But I'm going to be straight up with you. I never pull any punches. It's difficult to pray when you have no hope. It's difficult to pray when you're overwhelmed by the trials and the tribulations of life. And the enemy knows that. He knows, they know, that if they can overwhelm you and get you to the point where you lose hope, they've got you. Finally, brethren, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, Take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which 
is the Word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication, supplication for all the saints and for me, Paul says, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to speak, to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. All the warfare for Paul in Ephesians six ten through 20 comes down to why, and the why is so that he can speak the gospel. I've said this to you before, and I'm going to say it again. You are in a war. It's not coming. It's here. Now, the armor and everything I mentioned to you says you're you're dressed for war, both defense and offense. But the final piece of the puzzle is prayer. Excuse me. Who pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. We're all saints the sons and daughters of God. We've been sanctified. We've been consecrated. We've been set apart. There's a major denomination that decides who are saints. Yeah. Sorry, not so much. It's us. But without prayer, all of that armor I read to you is of no use to you. If you've never been in warfare and if you've never been in security or law enforcement or done anything like that, this this analogy may not work. But if you have been, you understand something. You can have all the weapons. You can have the dress, the uniform, the belt, the shoes. You can have everything, every tactical thing you need to do your job. But if you can't think clearly... If you don't understand in your mind the job at hand, you're dressed up, you look good, but you're not going to be very good at what you do. For the born-again believer, prayer, being locked into the Spirit, being connected to the throne room, having the mind of Messiah allows us to function. I can almost guarantee if you're struggling with prayer, it's because your mind is on earthly things. Your mind is on yourself, and your mind's not on him. It wants to be on him, but right now the nose of that ship is going in the wrong direction. And you must pray always. General prayers and specific petitions in the Spirit, made for all believers at all case, at all occasions. To be, to persevere and be patient in prayer is essential. Now, it's not a part of the armor, don't get me wrong. It's additional, but it's vital to spiritual warfare. And the life of a believer in a fallen world is spiritual warfare, 24-7, whether you're actively engaging the enemy or doing what SRT does or whatever, just living in this fallen world is warfare. And all prayer, public, private, corporate, family, all kinds in all places, we need to be flexible to be used by the Holy Spirit without restrictions. This this statement right here, we need to be flexible 
without restrictions to be used by the Holy Spirit means don't lock yourself in to something or lock him out. Don't say, well, it's got to be this way. I've got to be on my knees. I've got to have my eyes closed. I've got to have my hands clasped or I've got to do it this way. No. You need to be able to move and flow gently, calmly, and fluidly as the Spirit leads. So don't get locked into anything except one thing. Him, the Word, the Spirit, your commitment, your love for Him. That word supplication, it's entreating. It's a continued, strong, incessant pleading until the prayer is answered. That man knocking on the door seeking bread for his neighbor, that's supplication. He wasn't going to go away till he got bread. Hey, I've got a guest. I got show. Somebody showed up unannounced. I have to feed him. The woman petitioning the king who was not going to shut up until she got what she needed. And he finally said, give her what she's asking for and get her out of here. Now, of course, the Lord never feels that way. But the point is, the parables tell us, keep praying. I know that there are some that have taught, even when I was a baby believer, I would just pray it once and forget about it, move on, trust God to do it. But that's not what he said in the parables. That's not the example he gave us. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep petitioning. Because the enemy is fighting against you. He's trying to keep your words from getting past the ceiling, let alone getting through the throne room. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Father, I thank you in the name of Yeshua. I thank you for answering this prayer. I thank you for the blessing. I thank you for the healing. I praise and petition you, Lord, let it come. Let it break through. Let what I'm asking for you to just happen, Lord, and you keep knocking, you keep seeking, you keep praising, you keep believing. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't believe. Of course I believe. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to pray. I mean, that's so dumb when people say, well, if you keep doing that, it means you don't believe. No, no, no. If I didn't believe, why would I bother to keep asking? I believe. I believe he's able. I believe he's capable. I know it's about his timing. I don't know what the delay is. It's above my pay grade. I've had him tell me. You're on a need-to-know basis, and right now you don't need to know. So I'm going to praise him. I'm going to praise him for that healing. I'm going to praise him for the finances to do what he's called us to do. I'm going to praise him for that salvation of a family member or somebody I care about. I'm going to praise him for that breakthrough. I'm going to praise him with all my soul, with all my heart, with everything that is within me. Praise him. 1 Timothy 2.1, Therefore I exhort first of all that supplication, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. If praying once and that was it was the proper way, why do Paul and Peter and John and James say otherwise? I'm going to follow the example of the Word. I'm going to follow what the Lord says. It's in his parables. I'm going to follow the teachings. Man-made wisdom, while it has its place, does not supersede the Word of God. But I also know from the book of Job, which you haven't, if you haven't reread it, you might need to. I reread it recently, and I'd, I'd forgotten that from the first chapter, It's on like Donkey Kong. Job's life is in trouble. It's a mess. There's a a war going on. And we find out very quickly that Job's demand for answers from God, not every petition got answered. Not every question got answered. But those answers were eclipsed by the awesome privilege of encountering him.
Remember, Job did not have the the relationship we have. But by the end, Job realized, first of all, his life was better when everything got replaced sevenfold and the enemy was put in his place. But here's what Job learned. And I feel like this is important for you tonight. He learned that he was seeking the Lord God. He was seeking him more than he was seeking answers. Well, at least we we should understand that. It's taken me a lot to go through a lot to understand that in the midst of all the praying and all the midst of all the crying, the ranting, the raving, the temper tantrums, the throwing myself on the floor and pounding with my fist and kicking with my feet, that what I was really seeking was him. I know I've used this quote before, but I like it. It's from Ruth Bell Graham, Billy Graham's wife. She said, God has not always answered my prayers. If he had, I would have married the wrong man several times. To behave like a believer, you must cherish communication with your Abba Father more than the petitions that you're making. Ask, seek, knock, but do it with a heart of love. Do it with a heart of expectation, but cherish and rejoice in the interaction and the communication with one who loves you more than anything you could possibly imagine more than any human being will ever be able to love you. Larry and I were talking about this, and I know I shared it. It's another revelation that came from talking about Genesis and the creation of Adam, that when he looks at us, he remembers his love for Adam. He created Adam intimately, personally, and we all come from that. So every time he looks at us, He remembers Adam. He remembers that loving moment. If you can see that, if you can understand that in all of the darkness, in all of the second guessing, in all of the condemnation heaped on you by the world and and the flesh and the devil, if you could understand that when he looks at you, he loves you so much that he made sure that Yeshua paid the price for you. It took a blood sacrifice in accordance with his system and his rules to wipe away the debt that we had. And Yeshua paid it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He so loved you your children, your family. So we must cherish this interaction with him. When this is being blocked and you're disconnected from him, it creates a scenario that the longer it goes on, the more this fire of love diminishes. Love's got to be fed. Fire's got to be fed. There has to be wood. There has to be oxygen. If it gets smothered, it begins to flicker. And if it stays that way for too long, it goes out. So praying without ceasing isn't an option when you've allowed yourself to get to this place. Turn towards him. And the love that you have for him and his love for you brings you back, brings that fire back. It's suddenly, it's flickering, it's almost going out, then it gets the wood, it gets the oxygen, it gets this person, it's back. The enemy wants to put it out. Only you can put it out. Only you can let the enemy do that. So turn turn towards him. See, love keeps you praying. That's how these two tie together. That's why I think they're vital to the life of a believer. Hebrews 4, starting with verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Yeshua the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest 
who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that me we may obtain, me I personalize that in my head, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You see, you can't do this without the Holy Spirit. You just can't. The Holy Spirit is our inspiration and our activation. It just can't be done. That fire, that's the fire of the Holy Spirit inside of us. That's that love that was put into us when we got born again. Right now, in the name of Yeshua, listen to me. If this fire sounds foreign to you, if what I'm speaking of right now you understand intellectually, but it's not stirring anything inside of you, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, King of kings, Lord of lords, let the fire of the Holy Spirit from the throne room, proceeding from the Father, envelop you, fill you, and change you in Jesus' name. You can't do this. Without the fire of the Holy Spirit, most assuredly, I say to you, this is the Lord, red letters, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, John 14, verses 12 and 13, but the Helper, the Paracletos, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you, John fourteen twenty six. But when the Helper, the Paracletos, comes, whom, I'm going to remind you that I'm going to send from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, literally emanates from the core of his being, he will testify of me. John fifteen twenty six. That's what ties it all together. The hope, the prayer, the love. Oswald Chambers says, Jesus Christ carries on intercession for us in heaven. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, he calls him, carries on intercession in us on earth. And we, the saints, have to carry on intercession for all man. You and I are in this together. I may not know you. I may never have met you. I may never meet you. We may never speak. We may, may never exchange an email, but we are in this together. If you're listening and you're hearing me in the vibrational nature of my voice from my heart through the power of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, we're in this together. You're not alone. Oh, I know what loneliness feels like. My father walked out when I was six Never looked back, never cared enough again to check on me and my sister. Went off, married somebody else. I know what it feels like to be lonely. Rejected as a child, sickly. The enemy used rejection to send me in a direction of darkness, into the occult, into the new age, walking out of my family, doing everything I did was based upon the rejection of loneliness. I know what that feels like, but I'm not rejected anymore, neither are, you, neither are you. And any loneliness that you feel right now is a lie. It's either self-inflicted or it's demonic. You're not alone. You have the Lord. You have the Holy Spirit. You have us if you reach out to us. Uh, we have no place to personally fellowship, but we we fellowship online. We do it in, in Facebook Messenger um, I would create a, a chat room in a community if I thought it would be used because it would take time and expense to do so, but you're not alone. If you feel alone, write. Write me the porch at firefalltalkradio.com. Reach out. Go to the website. Find me on, on find Firefall Talk Radio on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Whatever it needs for you to connect to know that somebody loves you. Romans 5, verse 1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus the Messiah. 
to whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because of the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Now you may say to me, Richard, I have a problem praying. Well, there could be reasons for that. Sometimes inappropriate, self-serving prayers, they masquerade as reasonable prayers and petitions. So when you're praying, you have to ask yourself these questions. Would it advance his kingdom? Don't think about you. What does it do for him and his kingdom? Would it help people? Would it help someone? The answer to this prayer, would it help somebody other than me? First, your point of perspective is him and his kingdom. Then it's others. Would it help me to grow? How does it benefit me spiritually? If we focus and examine our request, prayer can purify us. So I think the reason I hunger and do what I do in prayer is, is something clicked inside of me early on that not only did it connect me to the Lord, it connected me to the throne room, it connected me into a free flow of spiritual power in the Holy Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do things that you do not wish. Galatians five sixteen and 17. When you're not walking in the Spirit and walking in the flesh, it's difficult to pray, because you can't pray in the Spirit. If you notice sometimes, and I used to do it all the time, and I'm going back to it, Before we begin to pray, I say, I take my thoughts captive to the obedience of Messiah. I claim the mind of Messiah, and I cast down every vain imagination that exalts itself against above the knowledge of God. That's 2 Corinthians 10, 5 and 6 and 1 Corinthians 2, 16 combined together in a prayer because I know that my natural mind can't take me where I need to go. And sometimes I have to tell my thoughts, shut up. Literally, the enemy sneaks in a thought. The, my my flesh man sneaks in, sneaks in a thought, and I have to say, shut up. Maybe that's what you need to do. Turn off the TV. Take, take your eyes off your smartphone or your tablet and get out of the world and into the spirit. So quickly, what type of prayers are there? Well, prayer, as I've said, is communication with God. Primarily in a second-person voice, that means you addressing God directly. It can be a petition, an entreaty, a supplication, a thanksgiving. It can be praise, it can be hymns, or it could be a lament. So I wrote this down today to help some of you that are struggling. When you start to pray, ask some questions. What And who am I praying about? Why am I praying about what or who? And then how am I going to pray? Am I going to pray naturally or supernaturally? Now, for some, the natural part's difficult enough. The spiritual, supernatural part is more difficult where you let the Spirit speak through you and He takes over and the groanings and and words that you don't understand, they come from your heart. They come from deep inside of you. I've told you the story that after I got saved, it'd be another six months before I went through deliverance, um, got prayed to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Tongues didn't happen. It would be um, another month or so that while interceding for my cousin who was dying in a hospital, suddenly found myself speaking a language I did not know. It became my heavenly prayer language. But there's so many examples of being in the Spirit and praying. Revelation 1, where John says that he was on the Isle of Patmos, and he was in the Spirit, which means he was in either communication with the Holy Spirit to receive 
or he was in the spirit realm hearing from the spirit itself. I think it's both on the Lord's Day, which back then was Sunday, the day of resurrection. Remember the Book of Acts Church celebrated Shabbat and the Sabbath Friday to Saturday, and on Sunday they came together as a body to celebrate the resurrection. They never let go of their Jewish roots. They took it to its completion. So he gets the revelation. He's told to write it down on the scrolls to give it to the seven churches. Actual churches during that time, I believe they represent the church now in seven different aspects. And then he goes on in Revelation chapter 4, after giving all the messages to the churches, bodies of believers, not buildings. And he said, After these things I looked, and behold, the doors standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard, which was Yeshua, King of kings, Lord of lords, Lord of lords, like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. This was done in the Spirit and by the Spirit. This is a very special thing. I've experienced this on more than one occasion. It's not something where you just knock on the door, you're in heaven. It's not how it works. I've heard some people tell stories about this, and I know they're not telling the truth. Pray in the Spirit. Pray naturally. Do whatever you need to do to connect. Romans eight twenty six and 27. Understand that the Spirit will make intercession for you and with you and through you. I'm giving you a lot of meat here, a lot of Scripture for you to look up, to highlight, to take notes. We know from 1 Corinthians 14, 14 and 15, If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. My understanding is unfruitful. And what is the conclusion then, Paul says? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with understanding. I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with understanding. And this is for anyone. Oh, that's just for you, Richard. That's just for the apostles and the disciples. That's just for people with special callings. No. We know from Ephesians 2.18 that through him we have access by one Spirit to the Father. We have all the same access and availabilities and abilities. We can trust him. If we seek him, we find him. If you search for him with all your heart. And there we go. It's a matter of love. It's a matter of the heart. So this is where we started. Let your love be sincere, a real thing. Hate what is evil. Loathe all ungodliness. Turn in horror from wickedness. Hold fast to that which is good. Love one another with brotherly affection as members of one family, giving precedence and showing honor to one another. Never lag in zeal and in earnest behavior be a glow and burning with the Spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoice and exalt in hope. Be steadfast and patient in suffering and tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of God's people, sharing in the necessity of the saints. Pursue the practice of hospitality. Father, we want to behave like we believe in your Son. We want to behave like your children. We want to show the world the way it's supposed to be, but we can't do that. Distracted by the cares of this world and the attack of the enemy. So we ask you to take away those distractions through the blessings, through the protection. But, Lord, more than anything, to each and every one of us right now, stir up the fire in us. Stir up that spirit that raised you from the dead. Shine your glory down upon us. Change us. Heal us. Deliver us. Heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. Let us be what you need us to be in this time. Let us go and do all that you've called for us to go and do. And most of all, 
Let us have that intimate, personal relationship with you that you had with Adam that caused you to look at Yeshua and say, you're going to have to do this for them. I thank you for this. I thank you for loving us. I thank you for all of this in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.